Welcome to the Penny for Our Thoughts podcast, where you can get a third-party opinion on your worries, concerns, or problems you may have. Don't keep it to yourself. Give some to us. I'm John. And I'm Gerald, and we're your hosts for Penny for Our Thoughts podcast. And welcome to our third... Third official. Third official episode of our podcast. You excited, Gerald? Uh, it's been a long week, but yeah, I'm excited for this. Just like last time, you have no idea what I've, what you're going into, uh, and we have... Uh, some pretty uh, doozy concerns we're going to get into here. Oh, yeah? And yeah. beat all the other ones? <laughs> yeah. Just keep escalating every week, eh? Yeah, I know, eh? <laughs> all right. Well, again, like I said, we have three individual concerns here for today. And for this week, Gerald has no idea. He's hearing about them just like you are for the first time. So, without further delay, let's get started. The first one is from Lil Plop. Lil Plop. Lil Plop. Or, yeah, Lil Plop. <laughs> Not a big plop, it's a little yeah. plop. The title for the title for the concern is How are you supposed to have a life when you're working? It's kinda it can apply to everybody. So let's see what he says. He or she says. Actually, he's a he. Hi everyone. I am 22 years old. I'm a male. Just recently graduated college and I've lined up for a job for myself. I'm going to be working a nine to five and all my core friend group from college are moving to different cities and I'm stuck in my hometown. How do people generally have lives when they start working a nine to five? Let's say I want to go to the gym four times a week. In addition, I want to make friends and eventually pursue a relationship. Going to the gym after work is time consuming because of the commute and because the gym is packed because everyone gets off work at the same time. I really don't know how I'm going to meet new people around my age now that I'm working. Most of the people are my job or in their late 20s, which is fine, but I still like to mingle with people who are closer to my age. Finally, how would I even pursue a relationship among these two things? It just feels like there's literally not enough time to do things. And on top of everything, I have to take care of cooking, cleaning, and that'd be and I'd be exhausted after work and I have no idea how people live this type of life. I guess the wrap it all up, my question is how do you make friends when you graduate college and how do you have time to juggle other things while working at nine to five? Ooh, welcome to the real world, my friend. 22, you said? 22 years old. Yep. Fresh out of what, college, university or whatever? Yeah, fresh out of college. Got a job. Oh, man. I feel like it's going gonna, it's gonna to slap slap him right in the face, little plop. Plop him, plop him <laughs> right in his face. Um, the way I've always heard it be um, described or uh, uh, shown to me if it's important enough to you, you got to make time for it after a certain part of your life, you know, because um, I've heard from enough adults that, especially when I was still in school, they're like, oh, man, you're still in school, university or, or uh, post-secondary is going to be the best times of your life. And I'm like, what do you mean, dude? I got so much in front of me. I thought they were just jaded adults. But then once I got my full time job, I realized that it's like, OK, yeah, this is pretty pretty all-encompassing because if you think about it like you got 24 hours in a day half of that generally you're going to be spending as productive time so that's 12 hours in a day eight hours nine to five is spent at work what you're left with two hours on each side of that yeah roughly and then the weekend why do you think so many people complain or like oh i wish the weekend was longer i wish the we get six hour six hour um work days it's because they're having the same problem as you it's like how do you have that life around what you do for work and unfortunately when it comes to a nine to five your weekdays are kind of set in stone you know well do you have troubles i mean you work a nine to five right 
Do you have troubles balancing everything you need to get done and things you want to do? Uh, yeah. I think I've come to terms with it at this point that I'm just not going to finish everything um, that I want to do it, like when I want to do it. So I like I tend to space it out except for these past couple of weeks. You just, you have to give up either time or energy if you want to get everything done. You know what I mean? You have to plan your schedule so that um, you don't burn out doing everything that you want to do um, in a way that accommodates what your priorities are, right? And that's the whole going back to it, making time instead of looking for time. And I agree, agree with you with the fact that I think if you're having troubles picking and choosing what you need to do, I think you need to start choosing your priorities, right? Yep. Uh, if sleep is important to you, then obviously, like what you said, Gerald, this could be hard to balance everything, right? But let's say, you know, you finding friends or you going to the gym is more important to you as a person. Then I think you can always go to the gym earlier before work. And you're right. There's not a lot of people that get up at five o'clock in the morning and go to the gym. Mm-hmm. Right? So you'll have a lot more you know, freedom there at the gym and you'll get your even your workouts done faster. Yep. And it's, you know, a lot, a lot of people talk about that you have so much freedom if you wake up earlier in the morning. So that also could be a big thing, right? Nine to five, you're right. You're stuck in there. You're stuck in the job. Uh, that you can't really control. It's hard for me to relate to that because when I work, I don't work a nine to five, right? Yeah. I'm gone for four days and have a three-day weekend every weekend, exactly, right? Exactly, yeah. And every month I can like somewhat try to, you know, change my schedule where I work for two weeks straight and then two weeks on. So it's hard for me to relate to this one, right? I think you can relate to it oh, more, Gerald, than I can. But even those four days when I'm working, I'm gone, right? Your work mode all for four days straight. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I'm not working four like complete days straight. I mean, yes, I'm I'm sleeping and obviously right. resting for like majority of the day or whatever. But I don't, in those times I try to like, you know, text my friends, Discord is another one, right? Okay. And if you're looking for a relationship, because as he said, he was looking for one. You, I mean, there's so many online platforms nowadays, right? I personally don't use them. And I don't know about you, Gerald. I do not. <laughs> yeah, so. I never have. So there is an option. Um, I know a lot of friends that I know of use like online platforms like Discord even, where they join like a gaming community and they actually meet friends that way. Uh, they might not be the same age group, but at least you're meeting people and that's what you wanted. Relationship, there's so many things out there now. Online dating is the norm at this point, right? I mean, everyone heard of Tinder, Bumble. What else yeah. is there? Grinder, whatever, whatever you're into. Yeah, grinder, <laughs> I guess, is whatever you're into. But there's so many different ways. But it's hard. It is working a nine to five. It's hard to make yeah. two things. And that's why people refer to life, uh, refer to planning their schedule and whatnot as juggling, because that's literally what it is. You have to make sure that whatever your priorities are, are like they're they're staying up in the air as if like the ball that you're juggling. You know. Um, Yeah, no, there's, I feel like unless you're lucky enough to, you know, be super rich, you don't have to worry about working or um, having a job that you genuinely enjoy with people that you would consider your friends, like there's not, it's going to end up being segmented. It's going to be categorized into work and life. And unfortunately, the way society is formed, generally you have, you're going to have to spend more time uh, in your life working unless, you know. If you're if you're into that in that industry that uh, demands a nine to five position, if I was in this position, I would try to be more diligent. I guess, like 
do more things in a short amount of time, right? So cooking and cleaning is another example that he brought up is you can always pre, you know, meal prep for the week, right? Weekend, take an hour or two yourself uh, on a Friday evening or on a weekend and then just plan out the meals you want to eat. Now you're prepared. You don't have to like think for like an hour, what should I eat today? Yeah. Because I do that. I, I know I, I'm a, I'm guilty of that where I'm like, I don't know what to eat. And I don't, after an hour later, I'm like, I still don't know what to eat. But if it's planned, it's prepared, you're probably going to eat it. This will somewhat take care of the cleaning issue as well. Because if you, you know, prep for this yeah. thing, you're only using one plate. Yeah. If you do it all at once. Then Ex- it's all exactly. Right. Working out, if that's important to you, then again, go in the morning. Right. I personally don't like going to the gym after like even 4 p.m. because it gets way too busy. Yeah. So go in the morning if you can. That's my personal preference. Uh, but if you if you value sleeping in, then you know, that advice is not going to really pan out. But then you can also just sleep in earlier. Oh, sorry, no, sorry, sleep, not sleep in earlier, just sleep earlier. Sleep earlier at night, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's all a matter of give and take at this point because then because you have to work around your work schedule, there's going to have to be, like you said, a lot more discipline when it comes to an actual planning, right? Because you're not free, you're not, um, free responsibilities like you were when you were in school. It's a lot of discipline. Just like you said, plan your priorities, right? See what's on the top for you, and then like plan your free time around what's um, what's important to you. And I think once this whole thing is all organized and you have your priorities straight and you got everything worked out, you'll realize like after graduating college, from the concern that you have, it might seem like it sucks. After graduating college, life sucks because, you know, some of your friends move away and stuff like that. But there's no greater time, in my personal opinion, after graduating college or university, having that freedom to just work and do what you love. Hopefully, Hopefully. you're doing what you love and just, you know, hanging out with friends or doing what you want is the best part of my life. I think right now I am in one of the best parts of my life right now. Right. I don't have a family to care care for. I'm not married. I don't have a wife to care for. Right. I just, you know, work, make money, sleep, eat, do yeah. my thing, have do what I want to do, have fun, and that's it. Right. It's the best time. I can see that is right now. It could be the worst time, and that's what you probably think right now. Mm-hmm. But once you get everything organized, once you have everything set, I guarantee you it'll probably be the best time of your life. Especially, I would say, you know. Low to mid twenties to like low to mid thirties, probably the best time of your life. I feel like it's also a very formative time of your life too. Like after high school or after school in general, you're gonna have an idea of generally kind of what you like. Mm-hmm. But then after you're all done with those, you kind of have uh, the the uh, the flexibility, both financially and potentially like time wise, to explore, to explore exactly what you're about, like what who you are. Um, unless you're one of the lucky ones that found themselves, quote unquote, in high school. But like like you said, it's it's very freeing mm-hmm. after all that. The bachelor years, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I think that covers that uh, concern up. Any uh, final words? Yeah, ultimately, it's realizing what's important to you and planning around it. And, you know, a little bit of, di- little bit of discipline always helps. Awesome. Cool. Hope that, that helped Lil Plop. Little plap. Uh, not onto the next one. All right. So the next one's a little bit more, I guess, deeper. Okay. Um, it's from uh, Acrobatic Wind. Oh. The title is Ex Gambling Addict. Oh. So scared. 
When I first started speaking to this guy I'm dating, he told me that he had been a gambling addict. He had been a gambling addict. That there's no cure, and so that he'll be one for, for the whole life, for his whole life, but he doesn't do it anymore, and he attends meetings. He said during lockdown, he started gambling again to cope, but it was controlled. When he realized it was mentally exhausting, he stopped. My problem is that he seems to drink a lot. I don't know if he's if I'm being harsh because I don't know what's acceptable. Tonight, he drank a whole bottle of red and a double vodka to himself. He drinks most nights and will say something like, oh, the football was on. Oh, I need a, I need a few just to help me sleep in this heat, etc. I'm frightened that he swapped one addiction for another. I had been an enabler in the last and I'd never want to do that again. Am I massively overreacting? I don't want to lose the potential of our future together, or am I being or I am I being an idiot and making irrational judgments? Thank you. That's rough. What kind of stuck out to me was that uh, she. Uh, yes, she. She, she said that, um, he's swapping one addiction for another. She's what she thinks. Do you? That's what do you do. You agree with her thoughts on that? I feel like I do, because. I don't know, cause that, and I'm in the same boat as her, thinking like, oh, is it a ir- irrational judgment? But like, gut feeling is like it's it's not healthy, cause he needs something material always to cope. Um, a lot of people, um, feel like would go straight to the to the therapy card. Um, I don't know enough about that whole world to to really suggest that, but it does sound like he has addiction issues to me. Um. And possibly like professional help might might help him out in this case. Well, he is doing it for the gambling. He's taking meetings for the gambling is what she said. And by the way, she is uh, 38 years old and he is 46 years old. If that makes any difference in the concern. Kind of does. Because then you're at that point in the life where you're hopefully, you're hoping you'll be stable, right? Mm -hmm. And any sort of breakdown any sort of relapse from her significant other could break that stability that i don't know it seems to me um she might be looking for because if she's scared like why why would you be scared right yeah otherwise because she seems to maybe i'm reading too much into it but it seems like she's bought into the relationship she's committed right yeah she's concerned for him and therefore their whole relationship. She said, she even said she doesn't want to lose the potential of a future together. There so. you go. And I would agree with you, Gerald. Like, I think he moved from one addiction to another. Um, gambling to drinking, you can't judge which one's worse and which one's better. Yeah, they're not. It's like, like both not great. Yeah. But there are ways that you can beat them. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, it's great that he actually came out to you and told you that he is a gambling addict oh, yeah. and he said that he will he will always be one right so he's he's being honest with you yeah uh if you do you know how much like i guess a bottle of red and doubled vodka too so that's a lot of drinking isn't it? i don't drink so bottle of red wine is i'm assuming it? it's bottle of red wine is that that was all in one night yes tonight so that's all in one night so he drank a bottle of red that's a lot assuming wine and a double vodka what, what? i don't know what double vodka is though uh from my experience, like two, two shots worth. Okay. Or a double, I don't know, because a double could be like a size of container, 
but whenever like I whenever I used to drink and order a double of something, it used to be like two shots. Of two something. shots, yeah. That's what I think I'm going to with too. Yeah, that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of drinking. That's a lot of drinking. Um, the wine by itself. And I'm not. I'm gonna be. It's you know. It's he's probably in a hard time because of the whole COVID issue. Mm-hmm. I know so many people that has was hindered by COVID and oh, yeah. mental health was a big thing that was a concern for everybody mm-hmm. during COVID. And you know, it seems like from what you're saying that he did pretty much beat the gambling addiction because he said he wasn't doing it anymore. That's what this. Yeah. Uh, that's what uh, Acrobatic Win said. So it seems like she, he was almost beating it. Yeah. But then he eventually lost it and he did it during COVID, which again, 100% understandable. But then he went to drinking. And I think that's not, yeah, I think you need to draw a line at that point. I think from what it sounds like, he's just, he's not good at coping healthily. Whatever it is he's going through, rough times, COVID, whatever. Like he's finding vices that aren't um, healthy. So I, I don't know. Personally, I've I've dove deep into hobbies before because of like just trying to just distract myself. You know, maybe he has hobbies that he can pick back up or he can new hobbies he can pick up. Uh, that's a tough one. It seems like you guys are in a pretty good relationship because you did say that you want to destroy your you don't want to destroy your potential future together yeah. so you must know his hobbies some of the things that he loves to do mm-hmm. does not have to do with drinking or gambling yeah. or anything negative right it could be hiking it could be a sport it could be video games board games whatever it might be i think you should you need to re light that fire then it'll be more of a healthier way of going forward yeah but he is yeah using unhealthy ways and again i think even if he wasn't like like a drink, if he wasn't drinking, what's the word I'm looking for? Even if he didn't switch addictions to drinking, right, right. Even drinking that much in one night, that's a lot. Yeah. Um. Even if it's a one time, well, if it's a one time thing, then whatever. But it seems to me like he does it regularly enough that she's concerned. Yeah. That it's it's becoming an al- alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you need. To, I think if I was in that situation, I would tell my partner to let's go do something fun yeah. that we both enjoy whatever it might be yeah dance right? classes cooking classes you know learning a new skill and progressing i've found that to be very rewarding and often brings me out of ruts mm-hmm. yeah yeah anything else you want to add to uh oh, that's a tough one it's very personal it very it depends very much on what type of person people they are but it is i think it is a i don't know if it's an early warning sign anymore but it is a warning sign that he's he's uh He's diving into to something that is not very healthy. Yeah. And if you really think it's a drinking addiction, like he does drink like a bottle of wine and like two shots of vodka every night, then you need to have a big conversation. Whether it's an actual addiction or not, like that's not good for your liver. Yeah. Like I heard that scientifically it's better to like drink what, like a whole bottle of vodka in one night than to have like, you know- Regular everyday right, yeah, drinking yeah. vodka, it's but beating, shorts amounts kind of thing, right? Beating the crap out of your liver. So, and I'm sure you love him. You care about his health. So even for that, you need to bring it up and mm-hmm. say, this is not good for your health. I want to live a long, happy life with you. Yep. Well, let's work something out. And it seems like he's not a stranger to getting help too. Like he's not, he, what, what was it? He went to a, a, a meetings for Yeah, meetings for gambling addictions. Yeah. yeah. So then it doesn't seem like he's a stranger to that. Mm-hmm. So 
Alcoholics Anonymous. I don't know. I don't know enough about it to really suggest it, but like if it comes to the point that there there are support groups for that, right? Yeah. Bottom line is his health is important. Mm-hmm. In my personal opinion, his health is super important. If that's bugging you, and which it should, I think it'll bug me, um, talk to him about it. And yeah. you need to go on a path that's healthier. Could be a tough conversation, but you know, if it wouldn't be, then why are we talking about it? Exactly. <laughs> I think that wraps it up about uh, that one. All right. Now we're going to the third and last one. This one kind of grinded my gears a little bit, but <laughs> we'll see. All right. This one's from Rasher, and the title is Spousal Death Spending. Ooh, I can see why <laughs> this bothers you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so he says, my wife has always insisted on handling all the bills. And I'm not particularly, you know, enamored, but with material things. So this didn't initially bother me. Repeatedly throughout our relationship, we would discover that she has put massive balances on the credit card. Five figures. We would tighten our belt, pay down the debt, things go back to normal, but then the cycle repeats itself. Recently, I discovered that our credit card debt is twice as bad as it ever been, and she refuses to establish a budget. The only thing that keeps us from spiraling completely out of control is the fact that I am only buying necessities for myself for myself. Now I am finding that she's buying luxury items for herself, then lying about the circumstances or just hiding items entirely. I love my wife and the life that we have together. So I want to try to salvage the situation before I opt for a parachute or a noose around my neck. Can anyone offer any suggestions on how to tackle this situation? I'm stressed past the breaking point and I need some guidance before my world completely falls apart. Yikes. Dude, lock that credit card away from her until she gets over it, man. Like that's that's some like DEFCON 3 stuff. <laughs> like that is not a place where I want to find myself. I'm sorry, man. But like wife, right? Not girlfriend? Wife. Oh, man. <laughs> My question is like, well, I don't know. I don't know how they, they've been married, how long they've been married for. But I feel like there would be some sort of indications of her habits before you married her. Like this is something that, well, it's hard to say, but I, this is something I would hope that I personally would try to nip in the bud before, you know. But then those habits, you could also argue that like, it's not my money, so why would I say anything? But now once they're married, it's our money. And so that's exactly it. Money. That's exactly it. Like at some point, you have to have realized that. That it is gonna be our money. And it's like obviously now it is our money. Dude. Maybe he thought she could afford it, right? Because I'm sure before before they were married, I didn't think they you know shared their financial details that extensively, right? I I wouldn't, right? I would tell them like I, okay, no, I would actually. <laughs> about yeah. it, I would. I would want, I would tell my significant other 100% my financial situation, mm-hmm. how much money I have. Well, not money, how much money I have, but like, I think debts. Right. That's that important. I would share before the whole marriage part. I think mm-hmm. that's something that both of us should know. Um, But maybe before they actually got married, she actually didn't have any debts and she just actually paid it all off. Right. So then he wouldn't have noticed that. I'm not defending her in any way. I'm just saying like... I wouldn't know, expect you to. There could have been different. Oh, man. So the question now is, what does he do? I can't, I don't know, man. Get some like... Is it just one credit card or does she have like debts all over the place? Well, 
it doesn't specifically say, but uh, I think it's majority of his credit card bill. Oh, that's the bad one too. That's the worst one. Just get some like, like get get like a some sort of debt consolidation or get like a a low interest debt to pay off that credit card first of all. And you have to sit your wife down and be like, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. <laughs> Holy man. Like, I don't, I don't even know, man. It's like the same sort of thing with the last one. It's an addiction, right? It's retail therapy. Feels yeah. good. Yeah. You buy stuff, you you open it up. It feels good. It's an addiction. And it's it's just as, or arguably even more unhealthy than the last one. We were talking about alcoholism and gambling. Gambling's like on the same boat, I guess, but. Oh man! What would you do if you like? What would you do if you were in this situation? I'd be like, this is the first thing I would do. Oh man! I'd have to like find some way to. We have to be transparent about everything at this point now. Like, it's not a matter of I don't trust you. It's like a matter of like we need to get our 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 act straight because then we don't want to you know file for bankruptcy or, or whatever. Be like, okay. It come to the point of like weekly reports or whatever what we spent on. Like it like a budget needs to be kept. And I don't know he didn't get into it, but like why is she refusing to 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 set a budget? Like what's unless it sounds to me like maybe she's ashamed of her spending, but she can't help it. Again, going back to the train of addiction. Also setting a budget would put a ceiling on your spendings, right? Well, so yeah. then there you go. Maybe she doesn't want that ceiling. There has to be some something else, something deep rooted that she's trying to compensate or make make herself feel better for. That by, could be by, it. by buying all of this stuff. Yeah, you know that hundred percent could be. You make you bring up a good point that you know she might have some kind of um, mental health problems and stuff like that that could translate into that. Uh, maybe she, f- she feels like she's unwanted, or maybe her you know friends or her you know group of people, you know have all these expensive luxury brands, but she doesn't. So she needs to kind of keep up with that. Exactly. And that's terrible in the Asian community, right? Like you see like Asian moms buying like Louis Vuitton bags, but they can't, but they do it because, you know, the eyes around them Mm -hmm. tell them and that's, she's pressured to do it. Always being judged. That's how you, that's how you grow up as an Asian community, man. All eyes on you. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I I would, first thing I would do do is cancel everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, I even do this now. I keep, a very extensive controlled like spending. Like, I don't have a set budget. I don't say I'm going to spend, you know, two grand, three grand a month. I don't have that. But every time I spend something, I put it on a spreadsheet that I saw and it obviously adds it all for me and it shows me what I spent my money on. Now, some banks and some apps will give that for you, but I just do it separately. This yeah. way, it's completely separate. It's not skewed by anything. Mm. So if... I my wife okay well excuse me she wouldn't be my wife if, if this would happen <laughs> I I tell all my significant others that you know if we start dating for a long time and you know everything goes well and we get married I control the finances like I need to know where the money goes what it's doing and like what it's buying right. and whatever right just like I'm sure you know you the my significant other wouldn't like money just miss going missing and we also need to point out that isn't financial reason one of the biggest uh, factors in divorces nowadays? Yep. I would. I, I don't know, but I I wouldn't be surprised. Like I think I read somewhere that's number one. Like financial situation really? and financial like difficulties is the number one reason for divorces. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not surprised. And 
you seem like you, you know, Rasher, you love your wife and I'm sure your wife loves you. So I'm sure you don't want to go down that road. But the big thing is you need to cut it out. Cut that spending out right away, yep. right? Take away the credit cards, cancel the credit cards if you need be. I guess canceling wouldn't work as well if you have debts on them. The but debts, yeah. That's going to be but there. <laughs> take them away, right? Yeah. Um, take them away. Make sure like you give kind of like her allowance for the time being. Because she still needs to live. She still needs to buy the coffee at Starbucks, buy whatever uh, every now and then for before work and maybe during work. You need to give some kind of money so she can, you know, live her life normally. But all these luxury items is you don't need it. And it makes it worse that she's hiding this from you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you can tell she's ashamed by it. You can tell that she knows it's bad to an extent, right? Because she's hiding it. You, well, okay, maybe she knows that you think it. You think it's bad. Exactly. That's, yeah, that's what. what it, that's what it is. Yeah. The problem with, with this like cold turkey, just like taking away the credit cards, is that's how you. That hundred percent. The wife's gonna foster resentment there. There's gonna be a lot of, like I'm sure now the the relationship is already on rough ground. But then, it's like taking away food from a hungry dog. You know, like that dog is not gonna like you regardless of what what you think your intentions are. I, I could see right. that. That's true. But I mean, maybe because it's the way I kind of grew up in my life. Like a lot of things were cold turkey for me, right? Like when I was younger, my parents would always cut things cold turkey. I played too much games. Uh, my parents broke the gaming console or whatever. Right. Done, right? And it, I don't think back now, everything they've done for me was right. They, were in the, they set me in the right path. Okay. So- even if you caught cold turkey, the hope is that your wife, Rasher, will know that it was for the, the greater good in the long run. But it might not end up that way. That's the issue, right? Like, is there going to be a long run? You know, if it's like, I don't know how bad it is. I mean, five five digits. It's Dude, pretty that, bad. I, can't, I get scared when I spend like three digits on my credit Honestly, card. I see. I see more than like, uh, anyway, but. That's the thing, right? If if you if you take it away, it's essentially it's an ultimatum. I feel like it's at least on the road to an ultimatum. Like you don't do this, this is gonna happen. And I should. I think you should, man. Like that's yeah, I my think you personal should. opinion. But then the question is still there whether or not the relationship's gonna survive that. But then let's put it this way. You don't cold you don't cold, uh, cut cold turkey. She still spends it, and because of that, the relationship doesn't doesn't survive. Because Rasher does stay out. He's stressed past the breaking point. Right? So think about it. If e- either way, whether he cuts toward, like, cold turkey and his resentment and the relationship doesn't last, or be- she keeps spending and the relationship doesn't last because financial situations and that was the cause of the relationship not lasting, one way, at least you have some money. <laughs> right? You're right. The other way, you're going to be broke paying debt. Broke. They're talking so, about suicide. I don't know if he's joking, but you know. This is like the lesser of two evils. Yes, a dilemma. It sucks to choose either or, but at least you're protecting yourself in the long run. And if it, I mean, once you cut cold turkey and it works out, then it's great. Then you guys are still, you know, together. The relationship lasts. But if it ends, then again, at least you you protected yourself to a, to a certain extent. If you don't, and then you get stressed, and eventually you pass a breaking point, and you like lash out, and you like yell at her, and then that like kind of deteriorates the relationship, and that ends again. Now. The result is the same. The relationship will end. But on one end, at least you have some money. 
On the other hand, this you have true. no money. You, you owe the bank a lot of money. So I would choose, you know, just cut it off. Cut everything off. Don't let her have any access to like the spending money that you would normally have, right? If she wants to buy something, she should talk to you. I mean, we live in the 21st century. She shouldn't be asking you to buy something for it, but like you should have a conversation about it. That's what, how I've been doing it even now and I'm not married, right? Even if I have significant, if I have significant others, like, you know, I want to buy something with my own money and I work for it. I still ask my significant other. That's just me. And it's stupid. And it's like, I ask for the most stupidest things, like $40, I'll ask, <laughs> right? And that's how it's supposed to be in a relationship. And I, that's, I think that's how it's supposed to be in a relationship. You might think differently, but you need to cut that out. Make sure you need to control the financials. You need to know where every penny goes and comes. Yeah. I think the best point you made there is that neither of these paths are like they could very potentially or both of these paths could very potentially correct the relationship. But then the other, <laughs> one of one, them you have money. Yeah, one's better than the other for you. Like, it was going to end anyway. At least protect yourself. It's very, it's very like morbid way of thinking of it. But then like at this point, what choice does he have? If you try to wean off of it, like if you try to like, oh, less money, this is our budget. You know, it's not as much. You're going to, you're still running the risk of being broke and divorced. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I personally, oh man, I personally just wish I never, I would never find myself in this situation. But if you do, it's like back to the, to the professional help sort of thing. Like, I don't know if there's, there's someone that's a mix of like financial advisor and, and couples counseling, but whoever that person is, go to them. If, if you don't choose to like, Hey, give me the credit card. You're not getting it back until you're good. Mm -hmm. And this is my personal experience. Like I've had a significant other that was right. bad with money and actually a great person, you know, not, nothing wrong with the person, but like thinking back in hindsight, I'm like, man, thank goodness that relationship ended because I don't think I would ever would have gone to that extent. I think once marriage happened, whatever, I think that was going to be a big fighting point that we would have almost mm. like every month. Right. I see the credit card bill and you know, this random thing. I'm like, why don't you tell me? Why don't you talk to me about it? Right. So I personally think financial situation and financial stability is a very big factor when I see a significant other. So that's just me. But you're married to this person. Again, take the lesser of two, better of two evils. I know it sucks to make that decision. If you can somehow, like Gerald said, get someone to talk to both of you guys yeah. and sit you down and figure this out, then great. Right? Because obviously what you what you did, Rasher, because you said that like you told you talked to her, right? You tried to tell her to set a budget, but she isn't doing it. So maybe she'll listen to someone else. That's exactly it. Right. Because ultimately it has to come from her or her or someone she she trusts or respects in this, like in financially. Clearly, there's something in these guys' relationship that like she doesn't, she's not like following his advice. Like I don't I don't know what that would be, but yeah, getting it from someone who who has that kind of stature who who like knows, quote unquote, knows what they're talking about. And I agree yeah. that there might be a deep rooted problem. Oh yeah. Right? Find what that deep rooted problem is. Okay, talk to a marriage counselor or whoever. Right. Maybe that just finding what that problem is might fix this whole issue completely. Because when we talk back in the past, there was no indication 
or you didn't state any indication that she was bad with money yeah. before you got married, mm -hmm. right? It happened after. So there could be a deeper problem uh, that she needs to get out or she needs to figure out on herself, right? Any yeah. more, anything more you want to add, Gerald? Not much more than, dude, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's not a good situation. I wouldn't want to be in it. Um, the reason why I grinded me up a little bit was, yeah, I can't deal with people who are bad with money. Oh, yeah. It stresses right. me out. Yeah. And again, like just there, there are people out there that are just bad with money. Not No problem. No, like anything like that. Yep. Just bad with money. Those people grab my gears. <laughs> just, I, I just, you know, I just don't understand it, you know? Awesome. Okay. That concludes all of our three concerns. However, we got one more. It's kind of like a feel good moment for both of us. Let's end on a, you know, kind of a high note. Yeah, I'm stressed right now. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this is a young lady messaging, messaging us. Uh, username is Amoeba. Um, the uh, title is, I'm scared to beat my boyfriend's friends this weekend. Okay. Nothing major. No drama. I'm just nervous. We've been dating for around seven months. And this weekend, I'm meeting the majority of his friends at a game night. I only know one of the people that will be there and I'm super anxious. I'm just looking for some words of encouragement. If you do it. That's cute. So if you can wrap it up in like one to two sentences, what would you say? Just enjoy. Don't make it about them. Make it about you enjoying the games. And at that point, you like, you're going to let your most sincere self come out. Just enjoy the games. My words of encouragement would be, if you are dating this person and you love this person, there's a good chance that his friends are going to be similar to him. Yep, that's a good one. <laughs> right? so, so don't worry too much. Have fun. Enjoy the games. Make some good some make some great memories. Yeah, honestly, I've I've been in that social socially anxious seat before. But if you make it about the activity that everyone's doing, then you like you let yourself out that way. You come out of come out of your shell, so to speak. Yeah, and most importantly, have fun. Have fun. Awesome. That concludes episode three for Penny for our thoughts. Uh, the th three, the first one was um, something that anyone could go through. The nine to five job, finding oh, yeah. balance. I think anyone can go through that. I, I don't know. What would you say about that? What would you, how would you? It's definitely very relatable to me. I've been there. Um, I've been to nine to five jobs that I just don't like. So I don't know if he said anything about whether or not he likes his job. But if you do, that's put value towards it. That's, that's uh, a gem. Um, but again, if you're disciplined and you know your priorities, um, just plan around them. Awesome. The second one, the gambling addict to drinking addict. Mm. I would. Yeah. What would you say? What would you say about that? I would talk to him, talk to my significant, talk to my partner, right? It's instead of the whole addiction part at this point, it's just, especially with drinking, it's a health issue. Yeah. Right. If you want to preserve a future with him or his partner who has a drinking problem, you need to make sure he's healthy, right? He or she's mm. healthy. And that is the number one thing. You can't do anything without health. Yep. You can't work. You can't do hobbies. You can't hang out with friends. Nothing. So, uh, you, you know, I don't tell you really care. I think it's acrobatic win. Yeah, you really care about your significant other. Mm -hmm. Talk to him just because of his health, not the whole addiction thing. It might be might spur on a different conversation. It might not be as a negative conversation because if you kind of say it's an addiction, you should stop. He might take it more negatively instead yeah, of saying, "Hey, I personal. really care about your health." Yeah. Right. So 
that's, that's what a, I would say. That's a good point because then it becomes um, objective instead of subjective at that point. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect way to wrap it up. And I think the last one kind of hit pretty close to home for you. So why don't you wrap that one up? Yeah, like I said, I know I can't deal with people who are bad with money, assuming they don't have any you know deep grown roots that cause that spending. Yeah. You need to cut. You need to cut it. You need to cut that spending 100% take the credit cards cut the credit cards yeah whatever you need to do right to make sure not a penny slipped by obviously don't be like you get nothing and don't give her any money yeah. you have to give her some spending money for you know just day-to-day basis like coffees and like food here and there like dinners once a week kind of thing but other than that you need to control the financial situation from now on you need to know every penny that comes in and every penny that goes out and where it goes, mm-hmm. right? If you spend $20 at McDonald's, you need to know that you you know that that month or that week, you spent $20 at McDonald's. Every penny in, out. That's what I do. And actually, you know, it helps me because I look at the look at the numbers. And I'm like, oh, I spent a lot of money on food this month. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll cut back on the restaurants for next month, right? Those simple steps will, I'm sure would help. Um, but that spending needs to be cut. Again, I don't want to bring it up, but I think, I think the uh, number one cause of divorces is financial situations. So. Yeah. It's very controversial, obviously. Um, but at this point, it's also your well-being. So your well-being. He mentioned he's like, oh, the noose, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's your well-being. You're in a marriage. You're supposed to be in this together. So you should both be working towards both of your well-being. Whatever that may be, cutting the credit cards, go talking to someone who can tell you how to get your finances in order and her having to like suck it up and not spend money on whatever it is, Prada, Balenciaga, whatever she's buying. Man, it's not worth it, man. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> it's not. Awesome. Well, that concludes episode three for yeah. Penny for a Thought. Big number three. Yeah. Also, oh, the last one, the half one. Enjoy your games. <laughs> Enjoy your games. Yeah. Again, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. If you have any concerns or problems or questions you want to bring up and you want to, you know, honest, sincere you know, opinion on them and see what uh, random guys think about it, yeah. give us an email to give some to us at gmail.com. It's exactly the way you hear it, exactly the way you spell it. Give some to us at gmail.com and uh, hopefully we'll see it and we will uh, talk about it on the podcast. Until then, thank you very much for tuning in and hope to uh, see you guys again next time. Thanks, everybody. Stay kind.